Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And good morning. It is the fan early morning show. Sean Myers coming to you here on 93.7 The Fan. Glad to be back. First time in a few weeks that I've been producing the morning show, and I get a chance to talk about uh, what I think is a, a pretty notable story in sports to get this early morning show kicked off. So much talk each and every year for months and months of a time goes towards the NFL draft and mock drafts preparation for that. But today we're going to focus on the NBA draft, and I'm not certainly by any means going to do a breakdown of who I expect to go where, things of that nature. The only thing I want to focus on is the number one pick, Victor Wembayama, who will be selected by the San Antonio Spurs first overall tonight. And he is a player that is very rare in all of sports, and that is a number one who we have known for years would be the number one pick in the NBA draft. And that made me start thinking about comparisons for someone of this much hype, how he could maybe ultimately live up to the hype and what would ultimately be considered a failure. He has been a player who has been talked about legitimately for a year and a half or so as being the number one pick in this draft, and it'll finally come to fruition tonight when San Antonio, which won the lottery, will take him and hope that they get a player that will not only turn around their franchise and get them back to their winning ways, but get them championships, plural, multiple championships. I think that is sort of the expectation when you have a generational player like Wembayama, who is the most hyped NBA prospect since LeBron James. I'm going to make some comparisons to a few other number one picks in other sports, but first let's kind of talk about what the expectations are for him. He is a player who is, depending on who you talk to, seven foot four or seven foot five, and yet he can play like a guard. He can shoot threes. He can cross guys over. Really just the epitome of a modern-day NBA big, but at a level beyond what we have probably ever seen in the NBA or anywhere in the world of basketball. If you think back 20-plus years, Yao Ming, who was every bit of seven foot six, and he was a big man who had terrific skill, and he could step out and shoot it a little bit, not certainly to the depth that Wembayama can, but... This is a guy that when you think about the term unicorn in basketball, it is him. He is an absolute freak of nature, a mismatch. He's taller than everyone, and he's going to be more skilled than just about anyone else in the league, certainly just about any other big in the league, and he can really probably compete with guards in many in many regards with his ability to dribble and shoot, as I mentioned. So the expectations are absolutely sky high. 
And I said he's the most hyped basketball player since LeBron James in terms of coming into the draft. And so when you think of LeBron James, you're going back legitimately 20 years. LeBron was taken in the 2003 draft. And he's a an interesting story of a player who had as big of a expectation, more hype than just about anyone humanly possible. And yet, I think even people who aren't LeBron fans would say that he has lived up to that hype and then some already the all-time scoring leader in NBA history. He will probably get as high as fourth, maybe even third, and assist in NBA history. So you cannot really argue that he did not live up to and maybe even surpass the hype that he had coming into the league. But if you think back to him, he was on ESPN when he was a junior in high school. Everyone talked about the next great one. And that's sort of uh, the billing that Wembayama has. So what I did was I went back and I looked at the the 21st round first overall draft picks, including LeBron, over the past 20 years. And in my head, the NBA's a sport where most times the number one pick is pretty surely going to be a superstar. Many times they're going to be a Hall of Famer before it's all said and done, but usually you're at least getting an absolute foundational piece, a cornerstone, a franchise player who is very quickly going to become one of the better players in their at their position or maybe overall in the entire NBA. But when I went back and looked, since LeBron, it has been a little bit of a, a checkered history for first first overall picks, maybe proving that the pressure that comes with those sky-high expectations really can complicate things a little bit. So I went through, here are the subsequent first overall picks after LeBron in 2003. Tell me if if any of these ultimately turned out to be a disappointment. I think uh, probably about half of these guys did not fulfill the expectations and potential that comes with being number one overall. After LeBron, it was another player who came straight from high school because that was allowed back then. It was Dwight Howard. And he's going to be a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Should have been on the uh, 75th anniversary team amongst the top 75 all time. He was a glaring omission. But I don't think you could say that he necessarily underachieved. Obviously, he had a great, great career, and he's still playing I believe overseas, looks like his NBA days are done. But Dwight Howard is a pretty darn good one. But then you have a run of guys that, uh, for one reason or another, really never reached that high potential. Andrew Bogut was the next pick. He had a a decent role at times with the Warriors and other teams, but I don't think he certainly lived up to the billing. Andre Bargnani certainly did not after that. And then Greg Oden. And to me, this was the guy who was probably the, the most acclaimed After LeBron, everyone expected big things from Greg Oden. Even going back to his high school days, he was talked about being the consensus number one player in the country. Had one pretty good year at Ohio State, was never fully healthy, and of course that plagued him throughout his NBA career. So Greg Oden, you always ask what if because we never truly saw a healthy version of him in the NBA, but that's one aspect of it. If you were number one overall, Whether you just don't play as well as you should or if you're injured and never get your career on track like Odin did, obviously that turns out to be a disappointment. And if you want to use the the term bust, I think that would probably apply, even though by and large it was out of his control with injuries. Speaking of injuries, the next number one overall pick, Derek Rose, dealt with the same things. When he was healthy, he was spectacular, but career by and large derailed by injuries, never got to quite the heights that uh, we saw flashes of early in his career. Blake Griffin, another guy who at times dealt with injuries, was a really, really good player. I don't think an all-time great by any means, but uh, certainly a very good player. So that's a guy. Did he achieve 
the hype that comes with being number one, well, you can kind of gauge that on your own. John Wall, Kyrie Irving. Irving, absolutely outstanding, although he has had so many off-the-court issues and controversies that I think that has become maybe the biggest story in his career. He's obviously done great things on the basketball court. Probably could have taken his game to an even higher level if he didn't have all the other issues. And uh, by and large, seems like he's probably not a great teammate and really hasn't proven to be all that much of a winner. Look no further than what happened when he got traded to the Dallas Mavericks this past year, and then they missed the playoffs. Anthony Davis went healthy, absolutely outstanding. He's been an NBA champion with the Lakers. Uh, he's clearly one of the guys that that did pan out at number one. Probably the biggest bust on this list. Well, no, no, probably about it. Definitely the biggest bust among number one picks, Anthony Bennett. Then it was Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons. And that was a guy, I think Odin and I think Simmons, probably the most hyped number one overall picks and basketball prospects since LeBron James and Simmons, as you know, if you follow basketball at all. He has seen a precipitous slide in his career, basically to the point where he cannot even be a contributor shooting the basketball, scoring the basketball at this point in time. Maybe at this point we'll never get his career back on track. Markel Fultz, a guy who also had some injury issues. He never really has gotten it going to this point. He's shown a few brief flashes. DeAndre Ayton, who may be traded any moment from Phoenix. Uh, he's done some things well, but overall he has come up shy of his expectations. Zion Williamson, a, a player who's when he's on the court, absolutely incredible Unfortunately, he is off the court way more than he's on it. Anthony Edwards, who has shown some really good things with Minnesota. Cade Cunningham has not really accomplished much at all in Detroit. I don't think most people even remember he was the first pick just a couple of years ago. And then Paulo Bancaro most recently. Last year, he had a great rookie season in Orlando. But when you go through that list, it's pretty clear that by and large, most of these guys turned out to have less impressive careers, or at least to this point, less inc- impressive trajectories than what you'd expect from being the number one overall pick. So that gets me back to Victor Wembayama. What would be considered a successful career for him? Would he have to become legitimately an all-time great, a player who is amongst, let's say, the top 10, 15, 20 all-time in NBA history for him to be considered living up to the hype? I, I think as ridiculous as that might sound, there's a lot of people who will judge him with that as the standard, if he does not become a Hall of Famer, is if he does not become, as I said, maybe a multiple-time NBA champion, will he be considered a guy who didn't quite fulfill the lofty goals? Because, again, when you think the most hyped prospect, and we have heard maybe even a better prospect at his age as opposed to LeBron James, then the expectations are almost impossible to reach. And so I mentioned I want to kind of compare this to some other sports. I think the NBA draft is significant now because we have this generational player, maybe the best in 20-plus years, and went by Yama. And it got me thinking of the NHL draft, and we'll have that upcoming less than a week from now. And we have another generational player in that draft, and Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard, who is, I think most people would say, the best prospect since Connor McDavid. If anyone has followed the NHL, they know that Connor McDavid, at least in terms of what he has done individually, has absolutely proven to be as good as advertised with the hype that he had coming into the draft. Hasn't translated into team postseason success, but McDavid, I don't think anyone in their right mind would question, has been the best player in the NHL in recent years. And really, from the time he stepped foot on the ice, has been absolutely incredible. 
McDavid, you go back to the player before him that was uh, hyped up to be the next generational talent, the next player maybe in the same breath as as Gretzky and Lemieux, and that was Sidney Crosby. So you're looking at once every about 10 years in the NHL, a guy like this comes around. Now Bedard has obviously not achieved anything, much like Wembayama. So the question for him is, does he get to kind of reach those lofty expectations of being maybe the best player in the NHL, not just for a year or two, but for the better part of a decade? And that is so hard to accomplish because not only do you have to be incredibly successful and productive, but you have to find a way to stay healthy. And so with that, the NHL upcoming next week with the draft, Wembayama to be taken number one tonight. I thought, is there other comparisons to other sports? And in the NFL, it's not as easy to kind of pinpoint guys that, that had that expectation. Certainly Bryce Young, who went number all this number one overall this past year, he was not in that same breath. He was a guy that even a couple of weeks before the draft was not a slam dunk to go number one. I think Trevor Lawrence kind of was in that conversation, however, as a generational great that we knew about and was pretty much penciled in or even penned in, if you want to say that, uh, a year, maybe even two years before he was taken number one overall with the great stuff that he did at Clemson. Obviously, as a high school recruit, he was number one in the entire country, won a national championship right away. And so far through two years, I think he's kind of on track. Uh, we don't know if he's ultimately going to get to Patrick Mahomes level, which is kind of the standard bear now. But anything short of that, ultimately, maybe some people would say that Lawrence uh, was a little bit of a disappointment given the the high standards that were set for him. And then before him, I, I really had to go back. I think maybe Michael Vick and then Peyton Manning were the other guys where you could have said well before the draft, these are guys that should change the game and should take their spots in history. With Peyton Manning, it certainly played out like that. Michael Vick, uh, for myriad reasons, never quite got to that level, although there was no doubt he was as electric of a player as the NFL has ever seen when he was in his prime. And for those Pirates fans out there, I, I think the good news is uh, next month, there's a couple of guys in the Major League Baseball draft who could be considered once-in-a-decade type players at their respective positions. Dylan Cruz, the outfielder, Paul Skeens, the pitcher, both from LSU. We don't know yet who the Pirates are going to take, number one. I've heard it debated on these airwaves. It seems like a lot of people go back and forth on what will be the best route. Uh, again, two different guys that could be taken, number one, Cruz, uh, some people saying maybe the best hitting prospect since Bryce Harper. I've heard Skeens compared to Steven Strasburg, which uh, ironically, Harper and Strasburg went back-to-back -back years to Washington. Cruz and Skeens will go one and two this year in all likelihood, but it will be uh, with the Pirates having to choose between one of those two. They're both teammates right now at LSU going for a college world series but just to put a bow on this again Victor Wembayama he's going to go number one tonight we've known that for at least a year maybe even 18 months what will he have to do in his career to ultimately be considered a success story to me as crazy as it sounds I think he's probably going to have to be a hall of famer and a multiple time champion and some of that I think he will have to thank LeBron James for because James with all those expectations, somehow, some way, found a way to meet all of them and, in most people's eyes, even exceed those. So it's going to be very difficult, but that's uh, kind of what comes with the territory when you're number one. Wembayama going to the Spurs, the good news for him is he's got a coach in Greg Popovich who's maybe considered one of the best, if not the best, all-time in NBA history. And he's already gone through this with a number one pick 
about 25 years ago in Tim Duncan, who went on to win multiple championships and became potentially a top 10 player all time in NBA history, all with the San Antonio Spurs. And I think Wembayama, if he can get to Tim Duncan status, uh, that would be a pretty good parallel for him for his career. We're going to take a quick break. When we continue here on the Fan Early Morning Show, I want to talk about a player that the Pirates are going to see tonight and over the next couple of nights who is doing something very, very special in an unconventional way here in 2023 in the sport of baseball. That's Luis Arise of the Miami Marlins. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. Sean Myers talking to you here on 93.7. The Fan began the show talking about the NBA draft tonight and Victor Wembayama going to the San Antonio Spurs and the incredibly high level of play that he will have to achieve in order to ultimately live up to the expectations that have been thrust upon him for the past year plus and how he will have to become an all-time great in all likelihood to avoid being considered a disappointment or even the worst term in all of sports, a bust. Want to now shift gears to a player who's been anything but a bust here in 2023, and the Pirates are going to see him tonight and over the next couple of nights, and that is Miami Marlins second baseman Luis Arise, a player that I think, quite frankly, deserves a heck of a lot more attention for what he is doing to this point of the season Uh, We are now getting into the later stages of June, and so once you get to the All-Star break, most people say that's the midway point. Obviously, the All-Star break's a little bit beyond. We're going to get to beyond the true halfway point, 81 games into the season, pretty soon here in the Major League Baseball season. And what Arise has done to this point is flirt with 400, a batting average of 398. Currently, he has had three different five-hit games this month. I believe the record for the most five-hit games in a single season ever is four, so he will have a heck of a chance not only to tie that record, but to potentially break and maybe even shatter it. Now, getting five hits is certainly very difficult, so it's not a slam dunk that he's going to get it again this season, but the way he is going right now. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Certainly seems like a bet that I would take that he would at least get that record tied or broken this year. He's going to try to do something else, though, that would be such an incredible historic accomplishment, and that is finish a season batting 400 or better. I think most people know that Ted Williams is the last to do it, but you have to go back to 1941, before this country was even in World War II, to give you an idea of how long ago that was. Ted Williams batted over 400. No one has been able to do so since. There's been some guys who have flirted with it. Of course, you think of a guy like Tony Gwynn, who always seemed to be batting about 375 or so. Never quite got to 400, but uh, for a rise. Will he get there? I don't know. I would doubt it. 
Uh, all it takes is a bad couple of weeks, and that average could drop from 398 down to about 350 or 360. And once you get there, it is so tough to climb out of that hole. But the fact that he is almost halfway through the season and right on the cusp, I think deserves way more attention than this is getting. I think back to, to Major League Baseball in 1998 and the home run chase, and I know it was different then. Uh, baseball seemingly was a little bit more in the public light and, and certainly more popular amongst, uh, I think, younger kids at that point in time. McGuire and Sosa was the biggest story literally every single night for an entire summer. You go back to a year ago, Aaron Judge set the American League home run record, and people would say he, he's the true home run record holder for a single season because, of course, the guys who broke it in the late 90s and early 2000s were uh, seemingly aided by steroids. But Judge, I think, got some pretty big headlines. It certainly paled a comparison to 98 or even 2001. But no one is really talking about a rise. And maybe this is something that once you get later in the season, if he's doing this in August, maybe it does become the number one story. Although then you start to run into the NFL getting ramped back up. But the way he is doing it is really what is special to me. So for those who are unaware, Arise, he's 26 years old. He's actually acquired via trade by the Marlins, and that kind of speaks to the fact that he is maybe not the most valued player around baseball. He was traded for a a pretty good but not great pitcher in Pablo Lopez as he went from Minnesota to Miami, and he's always been a really good hitter with his 398 batting average this season. He's now up to 327 in his career. But he's a guy that that's pretty much what he does. He hits for average. You figure, you know, he's a second baseman. He's only 5'10", 175. He's probably a guy that's got great speed. Well, not so much. He has one stolen base this season. He has nine steals in his entire career. So he's not doing it with blazing speed. He's certainly not a guy who has much power. He has two home runs this year and just 16 in his career with almost 1,700 career at-bats. So what you're looking at truly is a singles hitter, and there's a lot of people that don't have much value for that now. Uh, You you see guys that they will swing for the fences, and if they go one for five but they hit a home run, it's a successful night. If they bat 200 but they have 35 or 40 home runs, they are a very valuable contributing player. That's what baseball has shifted to, especially over the past 10, 15 years Making contact has never been less significant or less valued in the sport of baseball, but Arise is truly a throwback, and what he is doing is just perfectly placing the balls everywhere. I believe I saw that the batting average in Major League Baseball is somewhere about 248 right now. Uh, He is just shy of 400. He is absolutely against the grain. An incredible player. I I think it's uh, fortunate that people in Pittsburgh will have a chance to see him as they go against the Buccos starting tonight for that series down in Florida. But he is doing something that is completely opposite of just about everyone else in the game right now. He is swinging for contact. He doesn't care about exit velocity. He's not trying to clear the fence. He is trying to bloop and place the ball where the defense is not playing. And certainly I think maybe what could become a little bit more of a trend with the success he's having, maybe there's some guys out there who don't have great speed, don't have great power, But they say, you know what, if I can make a living just hitting singles and having a lot of balls in play because a rise almost never strikes out, maybe I, to some extent, can make a living much like him. We'll take a quick break when we continue here on the Fan Early Morning Show. I want to talk about a son of a former Pitt Panther.
Panther quarterback who might be playing at Penn State. We'll continue here on The Fan Early Morning Show. Sean Myers here on 93.7 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sean Myers back for just a few seconds to wrap up the fan early morning show. I mentioned that a uh, former Pitt Panthers quarterback has a son that might be suiting up for Penn State sooner rather than later. This Friday, Peter Gonzalez, a three-star wide receiver from Pittsburgh Central Catholic, will make his college decision. He is heading into his senior campaign. Certainly looks like Penn State will be the choice. Uh, Virginia Tech is the other legitimate contender uh, for Peter Gonzalez. But for those who go back to the 1990s, they remember Pistol Pete Gonzalez, Pitt Panthers quarterback, had a lot of success, went on to play briefly with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So interesting dynamic that Pete Gonzalez a very well-known Pitt Panther, and his son Peter certainly, it looks like, could be playing his college ball with the rival Penn State Nittany Lions. Well, that'll do it here on the Fan Early Morning Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sean Meyer signing off. We'll be back momentarily with the Fan Morning Show with Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson. It'll be right here on 93.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.